There's five minutes till service, so please come in, grab seats, grab a friend, make sure you have your notebook open or your notes, and just get ready to dive into the Word and worship with us tonight. If you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us tonight. Shine, 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 shine,
just a few minutes, but we first wanted to introduce ourselves. My name's Trinity. I'm Brittany. And we are your guys' service hosts tonight. We're going to start off with a few announcements for you guys. Yeah, so if you guys aren't already following us on social media, go ahead and do that right now. Just whip out your phone, and it's at bridgeYTH underscore. So go ahead and do that right now. Go ahead and follow us and stay tuned in with all the announcements and fun stuff going on here at Bridge Youth. All right, we also want you guys to pull out your phones and turn your guys' airdrops off. Go ahead and do that right now. And then the next thing, we also have connect groups this Sunday. If you guys have not been a part of our connect groups and want to be a part, come join us on Sundays. Um, you can join us for connect groups and during the 1130 service. We can get you connected with a leader, and it's just such a great time to meet new people, talk about the messages. You guys don't want to miss it. Also, you guys just saw our video right now. Guess what's happening? Ooh, summer summer camp! camp! I'm so excited, guys. Registration is actually open right now. So you can go ahead and just register now. The spots are going out very, very quickly. So do not miss it. It's going to be from Monday, July 17th through Thursday, July 20th. You do not want to miss out on that. Oh, yeah. All right. Where are my high school seniors at? Woo! Class of 2023. All right, we have a high school senior grad night after youth tonight. 
We want to celebrate all of our high school seniors that are graduating so you guys can come have dinner with us. We're gonna pray and celebrate with you guys. So meet us in M1 right after service. You're gonna go through those doors right over there and take a left. Also, just like we're having a summer camp, Kids Camp is also happening. So if you guys wanna serve our first through fifth graders, you guys are gonna go ahead and sign up on the Bridge Church app to volunteer for that awesome, awesome event. We could really, really use your help. We need all hands on deck for that. Oh yeah, and then here at the bridge, we like to say that giving is another way to worship God. There is absolutely no pressure, but if you do feel called to give, there are two ways that you guys can do that. We have a giving station at the back of the auditorium or you can give online as well. Yeah, awesome. So everyone, we're gonna go into a moment of family time. So what family time is, is we all rise up we go around stand up stand up what we do is we go around and we ask this question trinity hit him with it all right go find somebody new and ask them what is your favorite dipping sauce from any restaurant or anything dipping sauce is Chick-fil-A sauce. Yep, yep. All right, all right. Grab a seat. If you're not in a seat, grab one. There's lots of room. Scoot on in. Make room for others. Hey, guys, it's going to be a good night tonight. We have been praying for this night. We pray for you all week, and so we're excited. We're going to switch it up on you. We did it a couple weeks ago, and we felt like Let's do it again. So we're switching it up a little bit. We're gonna do our message first. And I want you to know, we pray, we study, we get ready. Corey gets ready for this message. He asks God to give a word to him that he can share with you. And so 
Bridge Youth, I want you to know how important it is when we are listening to the message, when we're listening to God's word together. It is such an important holy moment. And we're learning together. We're growing together. We're building our relationship with God. We're building our relationship with each other. And so I want to encourage you, if you can hold bathroom or water breaks until the end, this is the most important part of our, our service. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to me. He wants to speak to our team. He wants to speak to everyone in this room. So I want you to have an open heart. I want you to get ready for what God wants to do. And Bridge Youth, you know what we do. We believe that you are the church of today. Not tomorrow, not someday, not years down the line when you're an adult right now. And so I'm going to ask a student, I'm going to ask Sheridan to come up and pray as we get ready for the message. So give it up for Sheridan. All right, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this night. I thank you for bringing us here together so we can just worship you. God, I pray that you will just prepare all of our hearts to receive from you and that we will all just take something away from this message tonight. I pray that there will be zero distractions and that you will just fill all of our hearts and your Holy Spirit will just be here, God. And I pray that it's all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's get ready for the message. Bridget, how you guys doing tonight? You good? Oh, come on. Summer has arrived. Are you good? Dude, that made me want to go surf, man. We should do like a surf camp for Bridge Youth or something. Could teach you all how to surf. Who knows how to surf? Who's ever surfed? Bro, I love surfing. It's sick. Hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. If you got a, if you got a Bible, open to the book of Romans. We're actually going to jump around a bit, but open to Romans. We just want to take a quick moment to say welcome, especially to anybody who's maybe joining us for the very first time. We love meeting new people. It's one of our favorite things in the whole world. So thanks so much for coming and joining us tonight. Choosing to spend some of your time with us, we think that is so, so cool. Around here, we like wel welcoming our guests in a way that never gets old for us. We like saying we are here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. Hey, um, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but I know we got a bunch of fifth graders who went into sixth grade. You are sixth graders. You're going into junior high. We just want to pause and say welcome to Bridge Youth. Hey. I just want you guys to know, you just walked into a room of a bunch of big brothers and big sisters that are going to back you, support you. We love you. We're so stoked you're here. If you came on Sunday, you got one of these right here, a Bridge Youth notebook that uh, is for taking notes. And tonight, it's a note-taking message. Are there any, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, any, any sixth graders, fifth graders going into sixth grade, you're about to go into junior high, who did not get one of these? Kyle Burleson, you're like 20 years old. Put your hand down. Did you... Uh, let me, let me get, Amber, come here. 
You're a sixth grader, you didn't get one? Right here. Okay, wait, we got like five more left. We gave like 60 of them out. There's one, there's one. You need one, my, my dude? Right there. Dude with the nice hair. Hey, but hey, you can only get one, but you got to, my guy, you got to give us one of these real quick. Say, yeah, dude, what I would give, man. What I would give. Was that the last one? Hey, if you guys come and see anybody who didn't get one, come and see us on Sunday. We'll try to get you one. I think we might have a few floating around, but you'll want to take notes tonight. Again, one more time to all of our incoming sixth graders, welcome. We're so stoked you came and joined us tonight. All right, hey, really quick, before we jump into the rest of the night, two things super quick. Number one, to all of class of 2023, dude, you made it. Congrats, we're so proud of you. Come hang out with us tonight. Right out those rooms, uh, right out this, this door to the room right over there. We're going to have free dinner for you, just class of 2023. We just want to hang out, celebrate you, uh, take a photo, pray over you, and whatever life has for you next. And then next is summer camp. Hey, who's ever been to summer camp with us? Bro. If you've never been to summer camp, ah, oh, you've never lived, man. We don't sleep for like four days. It's wild. We're in the mountains, and we always win wreck. We always win. But it's so much fun. I promise you this. Camp will sell out. So look at the person sitting next to you. Look at them say, go sign up. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Say, go sign up. Dope. All right. Time to lock in. Look at your neighbor say, lock in. Tonight, it's, it's, it's a different type of message. And, and it's kind of, I almost think it's kind of cool that we got a handful of people who are out on vacation and people who, you know, a handful of people who went, which by the way, I mean, those on vacation, if Jesus comes back tonight, like we're going first. They're going to have to wait. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, it is a way, way more of a like a Bible study type message tonight. We're going to dig into some cool stuff. Tonight, we're kicking off a brand new series entitled Essentials. Somebody say Essentials. This is a series that is really a deep dive into the foundational things of faith. It's a deep dive into the foundational things of faith. Here's the thing. I think more than ever, more than ever, I think it's important for us to understand the essentials of our faith, the foundational things of our faith. More than ever, I really just don't think we can afford to be biblically illiterate. Here's the incredible thing about our generation is that our generation is, has the greatest access to Scripture ever, and yet we're the most biblically illiterate generation ever. And this should not be. We cannot afford to be biblically illiterate. And we have so many young people who are falling for a lie because they're unfamiliar with the truth. So in this series, what we're going to do is I want to help equip you with an understanding to the essential foundational things of faith. Are you with me with that? Are you, are you good with that? Hey, we got some, it's cool. This will be some of our summer series, and we have some super, super cool things planned for this. We'll probably talk about worship at some point, and we're just throwing out an idea. Just throwing it out to you guys. Take it or leave it, man. Take it or leave it. We're thinking about doing like a little hike up to that cross, and doing like a whole little service up there, and worshiping, and praying up there, and I think it would be a vibe. I think it would be cool. I don't even know where that cross is. Everyone assures me, it's close. We could totally do the walk. It's like, I could be in Mordor for all I know. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, it'll take five weeks to get there. I don't know. We have so many cool and special things planned for this. Trust me, you don't want to miss any of it. So tonight, somebody say tonight. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about possibly the single most important topic that we could talk about. 
Tonight, we're going to talk about what's really the number one greatest gift that not just you could receive, but that anyone could ever receive. Tonight, we are going to dig deep, have a deep dive into the topic of salvation. Somebody say salvation. Salvation is quite possibly the most important thing that we could talk about. So what is salvation? What are we being saved from? How can we be saved? What happens once we are saved? That's all the stuff we'll dig in tonight. So here's your sermon in a sentence. For those of you who are note takers, the sixth graders who now have a notebook to take notes in, here's your sermon in a sentence. If you forget everything else, remember this right here. God has saved us by himself, for himself, from ourself. I'm going to say it again. God has saved us by himself. It was all him. It was all God. He did all the work. So what did he save us for? Well, he saved us for himself so that we could have a relationship with him, that we could be in relationship with him and have proximity with him. What did he save us from? I'll tell you one thing. He saved us from ourself. And somebody say amen. There are some people who have been forgiven of some sins right there. God has saved us by himself, for himself, from ourself. I love the way that John Piper said it. John Piper said this, The Son of God expressed the love of God to save us from the wrath of God so that we can enjoy the presence of God. Salvation is the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive, and we should dig into it, get our hearts and our head wrapped around it, and we should understand it as much as possible. So tonight, here's what we're going to do. Tonight, we are going like Bible study mode. I, for one, I am a Bible nerd. I'm a nerd in general. For those of you sixth graders who do not know, I love all things nerd. And if you've never met me, you got to know, I love all things nerdy. Star Wars, love it. Star Wars, definitely better than Star Trek, but I also love Star Trek. And if you think Star Trek's better than Star Wars, first off, what's wrong with you? Marvel, I love Marvel. Haven't seen the new Spider-Man yet? Keep your mouth shut. I don't want any spoilers. Marvel, so much better than DC. And somebody said amen. But you know what else I love? Dude, I love Lord of the Rings. Bro, Lord of the Rings is so dope. Love Lord of the Rings. It's better than Chronicles of Narnia, but Chronicles of Narnia is also dope. If it's nerdy, I love it. I love it. I love video games, comic books, all of it. I am a Bible nerd. And so tonight, we're going to dig into a sort of Bible study. And tonight, what you're actually going to learn is this thing called the Romans Road to Salvation. Many of you who maybe grew up in church might already be a little bit familiar with this, but it's found all the way out throughout, throughout the book of Romans, which is a New Testament book. And what it does for us is it lays out salvation. Around here, we like standing for the reading of God's word. So all across this place, would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We are reading one, two, three, and to the four, five, six, seven. We're going to read eight verses. Eight verses from eight different portions of scripture. But here's the thing. Each of these verses has a bit of a topic and a point to it. And what I'm going to do before we dig into it is actually, can you throw up the Romans Road graphic for me, David? If you guys would like, do, do me a favor, take a picture of that. If you can zoom in on it, take a picture of that. And later on, what you can do is just go and kind of read this for yourself. What this will serve as is a bit of, if anybody ever were to ask you, well, what's salvation? How do you get saved? How many people know it's way better to give them the word of God than our own opinion? And this is the book of Romans giving us the road to salvation. So, 
take a picture of that. Now we're going to walk through these verses. So here we go. Number one, everyone. Somebody say everyone. Look at your neighbor. Say, that means you. Look at your other neighbor. neighbor. Tell, tell them, that definitely means you. Everyone. Someone say everyone. Everyone needs salvation. Check this out. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, for everyone has sinned, for we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So we've all sinned. So number two, the consequence of sin. There is a consequence of sin. What is it? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Ouch. What? That's a crazy consequence. But, somebody say, but. But the, but the free gift. Anybody love free stuff? Free stuff is great. Check this out. But the free gift, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So number three, that leads us straight into the gift of salvation. Romans 5.8. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Check this out. While we were still sinners. How many people you hear go, oh, I can't go to church yet because I, I just need to get my life together. No, 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 that's not how it works. While we we're still sinners, while we we're still messing up, while we were still, you know, backtracking, while we we're still doing all the things that we shouldn't be doing in that season, in that moment, that's when Christ died for us. So then that begs the question, okay, how do we receive salvation? Here's how, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Additionally, Romans 10, 13, a couple of verses later, says, for everyone, somebody say everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then lastly, then what's the result of salvation? What happens after we're saved? Here's a couple things. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, so there's one thing, we're made right in God's sight. Another version says we're justified. That means we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus our Lord has done. Now, us and God, we have peace. We're good. We can now be in relationship, which leads us to Romans 8.1. So now there is no condemnation. For those who belong to Christ Jesus. Some of you have the wrong perspective about God. You think God's condemning you. He's mad at you. He's upset. He wants to, he wants to like punish you. No, no, no. There's actually no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Hey, before we sit down, let's pray. God, speak to us tonight. God, I pray in Jesus' name you would help your team, the Las Vegas Raiders, next year as we're gearing up for the season. And all God's people said amen. Grab a seat. Hey, has anybody ever... Has anybody ever legitimately needed to be saved from a situation? Anybody ever needed? Are any, anybody like me, you learned to swim later on in life, and somehow you kept falling in swimming pools? That was me. I cannot, I legitimately could not tell you how many times my older brother saved me from drowning. Like, no joke. I don't think I could count them on both my hands and feet. Like, so many times. Anybody? <laughs> this one's for all the ladies. All the ladies say, hey. Ladies, you ever have like this super duper awkward boy that you want nothing to do with over trying to flirt with you, talk with you, ask you for your phone number because I know you don't have Snapchat because you're a good godly Christian girl. <laughs> but then what you do, your cry for help is, and every girl, every girl in this room knows this look, the cry for help that you look at your girl from across the room and you say nothing. But that look screams, 
save me. <laughs> She's like, ah, save me. And then your girl just comes over. Hey, um, your mom called and your goldfish died. We got to go. And you're like, no, not my goldfish. I'd have, I've had him for 20 years. And you're like, you're only 14 years old. What the heck? Right? Like, like, save me. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed to be saved? We were just at youth convention, right? And youth convention was amazing. It was so sick. It's like three days in San Diego, this huge convention. It was so much fun. And uh, middle of one night, like, we, you know, we're staying in the hotel, staying up way too late, playing spoons. I brought my, my like, Sega Genesis. If you don't know what a Sega Genesis is, you've been deprived as a child, okay? <laughs> I have this, like, little, like, Sega Genesis that has, like, probably 50 old Sega games on it, not least of which is Street Fighter. So, so we're playing Street Fighter, all this. And then one of these girls that was in, in Amber's room, I'm pretty sure her name was Renee, um, Renee, and it was funny because Renee came up to me this last Sunday. He was like, by the way, thank you for saving my life at youth convention. And I was like, saving your life? Like, I don't remember. I mean, I don't, like, go around saving people's life all the time. So I'm thinking, oh, it's a metaphor, right? Like, like our youth ministry did youth convention. She was so stoked to have gone to youth convention that it was, like, a life-saving situation and moment and weekend for her. So I'm like, yeah, girl, totally. And like, she's like, no, no, like literally, you remember? Because I had the, this like this piece of medical equipment that I need to live, but the charger for it was left at home and I could have legitimately died. But then you unplugged your Sega and we tried that charger and it worked and just saved my life. God bless Sega Genesis. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing, though. I was, I was faced with a dilemma and a decision. This girl's life or street fighter? <laughs> Have you ever had to be legitimately saved or something? Tonight, we're going to dig into salvation. So point number one, write that word down, salvation. Salvation. Here's the thing about salvation. Salvation is instantaneous. It's right away. Now, here's the thing about salvation. I want to illustrate it like this. Uh, do I got a junior high boy in the room that can help me out real quick? Come here, buddy. Imagine... Now, does anybody walk to school, walk, skate, or bike to school? Not right now. It's summer. Bro, Temecula kid's different. Like, the majority of people in my, where I grew up, it's walk to school, right? Imagine you're walking wherever, right? And you're on the side of the road, and you know, like, I don't know, maybe you're, like, at the crosswalk, and you hit the little button, you know, the wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know the faster and the more you hit it, like, the quicker it'll change? It's not true. <laughs> Imagine you're standing right there, and, like, you're looking over in that direction, right? And out of nowhere, someone just, boom, and, like, just tackles. I can't tackle you. We would get sued, right? My kid would be hurt. And then, like, imagine after having been tackled, all right, we're both on the floor, right? Ugh, and you're, like, hurt. Your arm's broken. And I'm like, dude, don't worry. I just saved you. What's your first question going to be? Exactly. From what? Give it up for my boy right here. So, write that down. So salvation. Salvation is to be saved. So the question is, from what? What are we being saved from? Here's where the note taking is going to get real. We've got points, we've got sub points, and we've got sub sub points. So salvation, salvation is what? It's being saved. Being saved from what? Number one, sin. That's the first thing, sin. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what's going on. Here's the debacle, the conundrum, if you will. You know you want to say the word debacle. Everybody say debacle. 
the debacle is, the conundrum is, we currently live in a world that is telling you, convincing you, practically screaming at you, you are perfect, exactly as you are. Do not change anything, because you are perfect. You sure about that? Are you sure about that? Here's the truth. You're going to be so happy you came to church tonight. You are a sinner. Aren't you so stoked you brought your friend tonight? You're like, this, Corey, for real, man? Like last week, the British guy was like, we're just passing through. Come on. Come on, church. We're, we're on our way to heaven. He was so encouraging. And now you're yelling at us, Corey, that we're sinners? Okay, cool. Me too. We are sinners in need of saving. If salvation is to be saved, and we're asking the question, from what? The first thing is from sin. You and I are sinners in need. First John 1 verse 19 says, if we confess, somebody say confess. If we confess our sin, he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But see, this is why most people will not be saved. Because there's just one thing. Somebody say one thing. There's just one thing you need when you come to God. Here's what I love about God. God with God, you come just as you are. You could come broken, messed up, lost, addicted, struggling, all of it. You can come a hot mess. Your hair in a bun and you ain't shaved your legs in weeks. <laughs> Boys, you ain't put on your deodorant. You are a hot mess. And you can come to God exactly like that. But... You need to come to God with one thing. Somebody say one thing. And that one thing is humility. See, when you come to God, you have to come with humility. It takes a humble heart to say, God, I'm a sinner, and I've messed up, and I've struggled, and I'm not perfect, and I need saving. God, you don't need me, but I need you. And that takes humility. And you know what? It's pretty hard for this world that celebrates pride so much, which, by the way, is actually the original sin of Satan was pride. And it's celebrated so much that it's really like ingrained itself in a part of our culture and who we are. But we should reject pride and embrace humility. Admitting God, I, it's like, it's funny because it's like so self-deceptive. I know me. Like, I know me. You know you. Look at your neighbor say, you know you. Now look at your second neighbor saying, I know you. <laughs> we know that we've sinned. We know that we've messed up. We know that we're not perfect and we need saving. And the only one we're fooling is ourselves. We need God and we need his forgiveness and his salvation from sin. Because the truth is, here's the truth. We deserve the punishment that Christ took. We deserve that punishment. But he took that punishment for us. He took all of what we deserved on the cross in our stead. You know what that's called for all of you theology nerds? It's called substitutionary atonement. He took what we deserve. See, Jesus traded his very best for our very 
worse. Is anybody else thankful for that? I know I am. So we're saved from what? We're saved from sin, but we're also saved from a robbed life. Has anybody ever had something stolen from them? We moved to Marietta, and we lived in these apartment complexes. Our car got broken into, and somebody stole my bag with all my GoPro stuff in it. I know. Joke's on them. As they stole my GoPro fell out of the bag and rolled into my trunk. So they got away with a bunch of GoPro accessories and no GoPro camera. It's like, ha, joke's on you, chump, you know? Like, it's so weird when you get so. One of the things that you are being saved from is a robbed life. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus is talking, Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and they may have it to the fullest. See, it is the biggest lie you could possibly ever fall for that the greatest life you'll ever live is one lives selfishly for yourself, doing whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. Here's what I'm convinced of. Look at you and say, listen up. I really do think pulling up the sleeves for this one in my Everton jersey because we had Faws out here last week doing all this about Manchester United. Everton, baby. I can't name you one player on Everton. This is strictly a contractual agreement with our boy Paul Reed out in Manchester. Uh -uh. I am convinced that the greatest, most fulfilling, most adventurous life that you could ever live is one lived for God. The greatest life you you could ever live is one fulfilling the, the God purpose on your life. Every bucket list item in my life that has been checked off has been checked off by simply serving God and living out my relationship with him. And it's a complete lie, and it's actually the enemy trying to rob your life otherwise. But that life is only possible through salvation. So we're saved from what? We're saved from sin. We're saved from a robbed life. Now we're saved not just from something, but for something. So what do we say for? Write down the words, for what? For what? Number one, we're saved for a relationship with God and Jesus. Dude, this is so cool. This is so cool. Anybody else's family a little bit crazy? Anybody's family a lot of bit crazy? (laughs) My family's crazy. I love my family. But my family's pretty small. And if you know my story, you know that I actually never really knew my biological father. My biological father had a drug addiction, and and he um, was out of my life before I was born. He came back into my life right around like six or seven years old, and within six or seven months, he was gone again. And I never talked to my biological father again. Now, I'm telling you guys this for the first time. My dad emailed me about four weeks ago, and for the first time in, I'm trying to do the math, 23 years the first time in like 23 years, I got to talk to my biological dad. And it was so cool, man. You guys want to know the best part? You want to know the best part? So that's the Hawaiian side. My dad lives in Hawaii. That's dope. He's on Kauai. The best part, though, is he knows the Lord and he's saved. He knows Jesus. So whatever lost time we had here, whatever lost time we had here, we'll be able to make up for it in eternity because we'll spend, I got to tell him, I was like, he was like, Corey, I know that you're a pastor at the Bridge Church. I've actually watched you preach online. He said, this is why I'm reaching out to you. And, and I was like, Dude, that's so rad. Like, I'm so stoked to talk to you and all this stuff. He said, I have to be honest though, Corey, I, I can't really watch you preach often because when I do and when I see you, I'm filled with such guilt and shame for having abandoned you and left you. 
And so, so I, I was able to basically tell him, look, dude, I want you to have no guilt, no shame. Christ has forgiven me. I've forgiven you. Be set free. Now, here's the dope part. We are both in the family of God. You want to know one of the things we're saved for? It's to be saved into the family of God. Check this out. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But to all who believed in him and accepted him, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. He get, my stepdad adopted me as his son. And, and to me, that is like my dad. Like I love my stepdad. Anytime you hear me say dad, I'm talking about him. If you hear me say biological father, I'm talking about my biological father. So I know what, some of you guys, adoption's a part of your story. You know that when you accept Jesus and when you're saved, you're legitimately adopted into God's family. You become a child of God. What else are we saved for? We're saved for eternal life. The most famous verse in all of scripture, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is like eternal life, not just life, but eternal life. Now, here's the thing. I think that you and me, we're good at a lot of things. But one thing that we suck at, I'm just going to put all of us in the same category here, is math. Right? Right? We're all, we're all on board there? We're all good with that? Bro, I'm so bad at math, it's ridiculous. But okay, maybe math isn't the best way to say it. I would say understanding time is maybe the best. Okay, let's do this then. Who thinks that they're decent at math? Let, let, let me get it like a J hire who thinks they're decent at math. Yeah? My guy right here. Come here. Sit, sit on the stage next to me. And don't, and don't copy my notes, okay? All right. How, how many seconds are in a minute? 60, right? Okay, correct. 60. There's 60 seconds in a minute. Okay. Let me ask you this. One million seconds. How long is one million seconds? If you had to guess. Yeah. Just take a wild guess. A million seconds is round about. A day. Close. Well, not really close. It's 12 days. 12 days. So 1 million seconds is 12 days. Let's keep going. So 1 million. Let's jump to 1 billion. So if 1 million, if 1 million seconds is 12 days, how, how long do you think 1 billion seconds is? A thousand years. Cool. Yeah, it's 31 years. <laughs> yeah. So, so one, yeah, so one million seconds is about 12 days. One billion seconds is about 31 years. Let's jump to one trillion. You mentioned one trillion. Um, how long do you think one trillion seconds is? About a thousand years. One trillion seconds is 31,688 years. You see how bad we are at measuring time? Like, anybody else just late to everything all the time? Like, I struggle with being on time. Hey, give it up for my boy right here. Got really close on the one day, the first. Like, we can't calculate seconds. And we think that we can wrap our head around eternity. You know one of the things that God has saved you for? He has saved you for eternal life in heaven. Now, here's something we hate talking about. 
If not eternal life in heaven, then it's eternal death in hell. That's what he saved us from, so he saved us for eternal life in heaven. And eternity is a really, 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 really long time. So you see how massive of a gift this is. So the last portion of this under salvation, let's talk about this. So how? How can you be saved? I want to break that down for you. Because here's the thing. Some of you may know. Some of you may think you know. Some of you may be saved, and yet you have something that you don't fully understand. Kind of like this iPad. Like if this iPad broke, I would not be able to fix it. I have it. It belongs to me. I own it. But I don't even know how it all works. I want to help you understand this. How can you be saved? Number one. Somebody say number one. Only through Jesus. Only through Jesus. Like our, like our boy Jeff Johnson's song says, it can only be Jesus. I don't know why he turned country right there. Uh, Jeff is not country, though he kind of wants to be. <laughs> uh, it's only Jesus. It can only be through Jesus. John 14, 6 says, Jesus is talking. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. But Corey, like what if you're a good person? Not good enough. It's not good enough. No, what if you do like a lot of really, really, really good things? That's not good enough. See, good people don't get to heaven. Saved people get to heaven. Okay, but Corey, like you say only through Jesus, but like there's other ways to heaven too, right? Like, like I've heard it said all the time. Like all religions lead to God. Nope. It's just not true. See, there's one way to get to heaven. Now, here's the dope thing. Here's the awesome part about this. It's like, it's like a door that anybody can walk through. See, it's, it's not exclusive. It's all inclusive. Any and everybody can walk through that door. Now, see, there's some people who believe that only certain people can get saved. That's not true. We just read John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that anyone, somebody say anyone, so anyone who believes in Jesus, that means anybody who walks through this door to God, to heaven, can be saved. So anybody can walk through the door, but there is only one door, and that door is Jesus. So how can you be saved? I know that in your life you are, and this is why this series is so important. Because one day you're going to hear something contrary to this. You're going to hear people go, no, 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 if you're just a good enough person, no, 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 all religions lead to heaven. No, 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 just follow your heart and you'll make it. That's just not true. Scripture is clear. There is one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus. There is no other name by which we are saved. Amen? So then, how do we, like, receive salvation then? Right? Like, we might be like, I'm saved, like, I think, like, I know, Je I, like, I believe in Jesus. How do you, write this down. How are we saved? It's, number one, only through Jesus, but two, by grace, through faith. By grace, through faith. Somebody say, by grace, through faith. Say it again. Say, by grace, through faith. There's so many things in your life and your, your relationship with God that will go kind of in this order. It's by grace, meaning it's extended by God by grace. What's grace? It's something that we don't deserve. We don't deserve salvation, yet God in his, like, perfect love extends salvation to us, right? And then we, by faith, reach out and receive that free gift of salvation. So how do we get saved? We get saved by grace through faith. 
And there's so many ways in which this will play out in our relationship with God. But Romans 10, 9, we read it earlier. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You believe in your heart, that's faith. That is putting your faith in Jesus. Salvation is a free gift of God, and no one can earn it, and no one can boast. See, God doesn't say, behave and get saved. He says, believe and receive. He doesn't say, you have to earn it. He says, you have to just receive it. So how do you know that you're saved? If someone, if like those of you who are Christian, someone walked up to you and was like, so you're a Christian, huh? You're like, mm-hmm. And they said, you saved? And you're like, Yeah. They go, how do you know? You know what your response should be? Faith. I have faith. Now, here's the thing about faith. I could say, you guys remember trust falls? You remember when trust falls was a thing? Like, like boys, girls would trust fall on each other all the time. Boys, heck no, dude. There's not a single male in this room that I would trust to catch me. Because if I stood right here, all right, catch me, bro. Like, God knows. Like, boys are, like, wild. Girl, there's, I'd probably trust every single female in this room to catch me because y'all are just better people than we are. We are just, like, we'll, like, watch our boy get a concussion for a laugh. Like, ha, that's hilarious, right? Like, like, it's one thing to say, I trust that you'll catch me, but that trust, that faith is actually carried out when you what? When you begin to fall. It's kind of like, it's kind of like I could say, oh, look, there's a bridge, right? And I trust that that bridge can hold my weight. But that faith is really only actually expressed once I begin to walk across the bridge. Because you can stand on the edge of the bridge. No, I know. I trust that. I'll ch- Anybody ever build the toothpick bridges in school? You know, like imagine putting one of those, like those were so dope. You just like, you just stack the Elmer's glue on those things, bro. So much Elmer's. It's crazy. Uh, wasn't Elmer's made out of like cow hooves or something? Horse hooves? Those poor horsies, <laughs> they sacrificed their lives so that we can make toothpick bridges. <laughs> Not their lives, just their hooves. Calm down. <laughs> Peter's so mad. <laughs> but, like, imagine putting a toothpick bridge across the Grand Canyon that, like, your seventh grade friend made. And you're like, do you trust my toothpick my toothpick bridge will hold you up? Yeah, totally. I completely trust it. Okay, then walk. You'd be like, uh. Maybe not. So you don't, tr- you don't have faith in my bridge. And so it is with faith. Oh, God, I put my faith in you. He says, okay, cool. Start walking with me. Uh, I don't know. So is your faith really in God until you start crossing the bridge? See, and I think that this is where repentance comes into play. Because what's repentance? Repentance is when you're walking in one direction and you stop and you turn around and you stop pursuing one thing for the sake of pursuing another, right? It's, it's, it's I was once pursuing a life of sin, but I'm turning around to pursue a life for God. I'm going to pursue God instead of sin. And that's how I think that, that repentance plays such an intertwined role in the salvation process. So what are, like, how are we saved? We're saved by grace through faith. Somebody say amen. Last thought here, band, you can start heading up. Last thought under salvation is, imagine, imagine that you discovered the cure for like a super deadly disease. Imagine, imagine you somehow, some way, you discovered the cure for cancer. Like the last thing that any sane and caring person would do would be to keep that cure to themselves. 
And see, we haven't just discovered a cure for a life-saving disease. Like we, we haven't just discovered a cure for some, something that could save somebody an extra 50 years of their life. We have discovered the cure for eternity. And so how could we possibly keep this to ourselves? And now, having even, even, even taken a picture of the Romans' road to salvation, you have such a greater, deeper dive understanding of the gospel and salvation. Now let's take this to any and everyone we know who is in need of saving. Who do you know that needs salvation? I love last week, Pastor Mark had us legitimately shout out names of people that we know. Would you take this message to them? As we begin to close, there is a second point. There's salvation, but there's also sanctification. Somebody say sanctification. So salvation is instantaneous, but sanctification is a process. See, the biblical model of salvation isn't just a single moment that you experience. It's a lot more like we were saved, we are saved, and we're being saved. Here's the thing. God loves you exactly as you are. And he loves you way too much to leave you that way. And sanctification, sanctification is the committing to God's process of molding you into who he's called you to be. I'm going to say that again. Sanctification is the committing to God's process of molding you into who he wants you to be. See, this you have to love, embrace, accept, and celebrate every single part of me and never try to change anything about me. That is a worldly way to live that Christians do not embrace. I love what A.W. Tozer said. You're getting a lot of theological quotes today. The sixth graders coming in are like, what is going on? A.W. Tozer said, to escape the error of salvation by works, we have fallen into the opposite error of salvation without obedience. In our eagerness to get rid of the legalistic doctrine of works, we have thrown out the baby with the bath and gotten rid of obedience as well. A.K.A. true salvation is the spark that ignites the flame of sanctification. It ignites the flame of sanctification. Um, I hear it asked all the time, Corey, can a Christian lose their salvation? And we could go across the room and we could like hear five, six, seven, a different opinion from every single person. And different people in different theological circles would have different opinions about this. If you were to ask me, I would say, I don't know kind of think it's doubtful, but I don't want to find out. So I used to surf every single Friday morning at San Clemente, and and I lived in Lake Elsinore, so we would take the Ortega Highway. Anybody ever been over the Ortega Highway? So the Ortega Highway, to say the least, is sketchy. <laughs> it's a two-lane road that many parts of this road doesn't even have a guardrail. It's like nothing between you and this cliff. <laughs> And every single time that I would drive this road, the last thought on my mind, the last thing I was thinking was, how close can I get to the cliff without flying off and plummeting to my death? No, no, no. It's how far away can I stay from that edge to, and still stay in my lane? And this should be our mentality with sin. If the wages of sin is death, it should not be, well, how close can I get to sin with the, see, here's what I think. I think that there's so many people who want to live head, like they're headed to heaven, but they want to live like hell. 
They, they, they want to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, with whoever they want, in any way they want, all the time, 24-7, and yet still, but I'm, but I'm saved. And the question shouldn't be, how close to the line can I get? The question should be, how can I just focus on God and everything that he has for me? See, there's certain parts of the Ortega that doesn't even have guardrails. But they do have something. Anybody ever driving, and, or your parents are driving, and you start hitting those things in the road that go, boom. And you're like, Mom, get off the thing, that whatever that line thing is, that, that it's so annoying, you know? Anybody know what those things are called? They're called rumble strips. So you know what a rumble strip is designed to do? A rumble strip is designed to gently let you know you're veering off course. You're... you're you're drifting out of your lane and towards destruction, kind of get back in your lane. This is sanctification. It's God gently knocking on the door of your heart, on your conscience, saying, hey, don't do that. That's you drifting off course. It's you, it's you veering out of your lane and heading towards destruction. This is, that we, this is what it looks like to not just in a moment be saved, but throughout life, in every moment, God continues to save us as he gently says, hey, don't go that way. And when any time that God says don't, it's don't because it's for your own good. So sanctification is such a crucial part of salvation and one that we cannot ignore. We are saved, but we're also being saved. So I close. Let me remind you, God has saved us by himself, for himself, from ourself. And before I give you the opportunity to receive salvation, I was thinking of a story, a, a grandma from one of our, from uh, uh, a family here in our church that had moved away years ago had called me. They moved out of state and, and they moved, she moved to go be close to her family, her kids and some grandkids. And she called me because she knew about Bridge Youth, she knew about the youth ministry and very tragically, her young grandson had took his own life at the age of 13 years old. And over the phone, in like desperate weeping, this grandma said, I just wish that my grandson had something like Bridge Youth. Because if so, maybe none of this would have happened. Maybe tonight you feel like you're drowning. And maybe you feel like you're drowning in your own sin. Maybe life has you in a place where you feel just so overwhelmed. Maybe you're struggling. Can I tell you, salvation, it's like the lifeline that's been thrown out. Urge you tonight, just grab a hold of that lifeline. Bow your heads, close your eyes. It's a public setting, but a private moment. Tonight, if that's you and you would say, Corey, I don't know that I've ever truly understood salvation like I do right now, and I want to grab that lifeline. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to the sacrifice that he made for me on my behalf. I want to receive him as my savior. I want to know that I know that I know that the day that I die, that I'll be in heaven. I want to receive salvation. If that's you, I want you to respond in a simple way. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand, then you can put it right back down. I get it. This is not the type of message that packs churches. This is the type of message that packs heaven. 
And tonight, if that's you, I urge you, grab a hold. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Don't put off to tomorrow that which you could do today. If this is you, you need salvation. You need to repent. You need forgiveness of your sins. You need a fresh start. You want that no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus type life that you just heard about. If that's you, when I get to three, you lift your hand and you can put it right back down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Amazing. You can put your hands right back down. I promise you that is the best decision you'll ever make with your life. And I'm so proud of you for making this decision. So what we're going to do is like exactly what we just read in Romans. It says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God rose him from the dead and you will be saved. So that's what we're going to do right now. So every single person, whether you raise your hand or you didn't, would you just repeat this right after me? Everybody say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this moment forward, I'm going to follow you. From this moment forward, you are my father, and I'm your child. Thank you for receiving me, and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, that's the best decision you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. It's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. And we want to kickstart this journey with you with something that we call the next seven days. There are seven simple videos that will help answer some questions you might have. It will help you in, in kind of taking the first steps of your faith journey. You can get in a super simple way. Just go to our, our Instagram, at bridge, Y-T-H underscore. DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. We'll get you connected with the leader, all that. If you don't have Instagram, come chat with me after service. We love meeting new people. We love meeting people stepping into a relationship with Jesus. Chat with my wife, Amber, any one of our leaders. Find them. We'll find another way to get you the next seven days if you don't have uh, Instagram. So, hey, one more time. Can we welcome people into God's family? Hey, nobody distracting anybody. Would you stand to your feet? Would you guys head to the front? We're going to go into worship in just a moment, but... There's something that I feel like we need to do first. Everybody start heading up to the front. And those of you who are kind of down here first, make your way forward to make room for those behind you. Nobody distracting anybody. Um, uh, this, I want to give you guys time to make your way forward and everything. As we're going to... Um, what we're going to do right now, it's, uh, it's kind of like some family business. Um, if you guys would kind of move forward, boys. Move forward a little bit, boys, just to make room for you. Boys, yeah, thank you. Make room for people behind you. Um, just comes some kind of family business that I feel like we cannot, uh, we cannot not take a moment to do this. Um, many of you guys heard about the accident that happened last week involving a young girl who lost her life in our community, many of which um, this girl, Gia, was one of your friends. A lot of you guys knew her, and we've had a sort of overwhelming response of people coming and asking, can you pray? Um, would you guys be there? We've, we've done what we can and, and, and all the efforts we could to reach out towards the families of those involved just to make ourselves as a church available to step in in any way possible. Anybody who's connected to anyone in the family, 
any friends, anybody who's been affected by this, please, please, please let them know the Bridge Church is here to step in in any way that we possibly can. So what I think that we need to do, family business, we need to pray. We need to pray for those involved. We need to pray for Gia's family. We need to pray uh, for Landis, who is, is I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody has an update that I haven't got. My last update I got is that she's still in the hospital in critical condition fighting for her life. But I believe that we serve a God who is a healer and is a miracle-working God. So regardless of what the doctors are saying or what's going on there, I believe with all of my heart that God can turn all of this around and heal her. So I believe that we need to pray for healing over Landis, and we need to pray for the entire Hooper family as well. So would you guys do me a favor? Right now, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Right now, just like as an extension of your faith towards all those involved, would you just lift a hand to the heavens as we pray for them? God, first and foremost, we declare right now, you are faithful. God, we know that in times like this, it could be so easy. It could be so easy to let darkness like creep into our heart. It could be so easy to just let pain and, 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 and the hurt begin to overwhelm us. But God, I pray in Jesus' name, amongst those of us who are in this room right now, God, that we would have faith in place of those mixed in this family who might not have faith right now. God, right now we extend our faith towards them. God, right now we pray for Gia's family. We pray for peace and comfort that doesn't make any sense. God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would begin to work in her family in a way that wouldn't, that it would just be miraculous in a way that only you can. God, I pray bring comfort. God, I pray bring comfort. Bring peace. Help them. Draw near to them. You say in your word, you draw near to the brokenhearted. Would you do that right now? God, I pray. We pray for Gavin. God, I pray for peace over his mind. We pray for the entire Hooper family. God, I pray that you would just infiltrate the situation. God, I pray that your hand would be upon them. And right now, God, we like extend our faith and we lift up Landis to you. God, we pray, meet her right now in the hospital, right where she's at. God, would you heal her? Would you begin right now, God, to, to supernaturally remove the glass that's in her lungs, the, the ailments and the injuries, God, alleviate them. Lord, I pray your hand would be upon them and you would work an absolute miracle. God, we know this, that there is an eternal miracle waiting for every single one of us, God. Every single one of us have an eternal miracle waiting for us. But God, we pray for a miracle this side of eternity for land. We pray in Jesus' name that you would touch her body. And God, we now pray for every single one of our students who's been affected by this. God, I pray give them strength. Give them hope. God, I pray in a moment, in a season that would be so easy to run, run from you that we would run to you. God, I pray that every single one of these students right here would be beacons of light to all those who feel like they're walking in darkness because of this. Those who are hurting that we would be the shoulders for those that cry on, and we would be the hope that they need as we extend you to them, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before we worship, because God is good in every season, even when times aren't good. But in all of this, as we are kind of concluding, I'm like, how do we move into a moment of worship? And I kept thinking this. We 
we are not a people without hope. In, in the darkest of times, we have hope. And, and I remember in the middle of COVID, in the middle of quarantine, having this moment in my house at like the island by my kitchen where I felt so hopeless. And if you, like, if you spend five minutes with me, you'll, you'll realize like I am the most optimistic, like let's say chipper guy that you'll ever meet in your life. And I had this realization, if I, me, a pastor who is the most optimistic person you will ever meet in your whole life, if I'm over here feeling hopeless, how must so many people in the world who don't have God, who don't have Jesus, who don't have an amazing church family, an amazing uh, uh, group of people who back you, how must they be feeling? What, what lack of hope and hopelessness must be creeping into their heart? And I was reminded, we are not a people without hope. And the great Billy Graham said, an atheist only sees a hopeless end to life, but the Christian sees endless hope. See, this is why, this is why for us, death, death is not a period, it's a comma. When it comes to death, those who don't know Jesus, they see a hopeless end, but we see endless hope. It's a homecoming. It's a going home because we have what? We have salvation. And many of you just received that for the first time. And I think the best possible thing that we can do is praise God for the salvation that we've received and the fact that eternity is secured. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes? Forget you're in a crowded room. Lift your hands right there where you're at. Begin to worship God in, in a in a genuine and authentic way, maybe in a way you've never worshipped him before. Begin to worship him in the way of like, God, you've saved me, and I thank you. I honor you. Thank you for it. I didn't deserve it, God, but you, you gave it anyways. Jesus, I think of the nails in your hands, the cost that you paid. I have salvation, and it is free to me, but it was not free to you. And I thank you that you are willing to pay the price for me, for our salvation. So what we do now, we worship you. In spirit and in truth and with all of our hearts, we worship you, and we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, we worship you. We worship you.
There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. 
when I look at the space between where I used to be in this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in her standing next to me. There was another in Should I ever 
And one of the things that Corey talked about tonight, which really resonated with me, and I think it was just a great reminder, and it came out of the book of Romans where it says, for God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you and for me. And, and like how, how, con, how uh, contradicting is that in comparison to what the world tells us, right? Get to this mark and then I'll love you. Get to this mark and then, and then this will happen for you. But instead God flips it. He says, you can be in your sin, you can be in your brokenness, and I will still love you. In fact, not only that, but I will also send Jesus to die on a cross for your punishment, for your blame, for your sin, so that you and I can be back into relationship with one another. See, what I don't want us to forget about when we leave this place is that when you go back home, when you go back to school, when you go back and keep on living your life, I don't want you to think to yourself, man, like I sinned again, man, I messed up again, man. You know, life just keeps on coming back at me and I just keep on going back to do the exact same habits over and over again. So that means that God really doesn't love me anymore because he already sent Jesus and I already accepted him, but I just keep on sinning. Can I tell you that there is no level of sin, there is no amount of sin that can keep God away from you. And it's crazy because even while we were so far away from God, when we were so far from God, God drew near to us and he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. Even, even when we were so far, God didn't say, hey, get to this point and then I'll send you Jesus. He says, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to earth. I'm going to go into your skin. I'm going to go into your shell. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live your life and I'm going to not only show you how to do it, but I'm also going to live and die for you so that you don't have to. You're going to die once and then live in eternity with God because of what Jesus did on a cross. And for some of you, you made that decision to say, you know what? I'm done living for myself and I'm ready to live for Jesus. Can I just let you know that, that is the greatest decision that you could ever make for your life? You know what just happened when we did that? Heaven uproared with praise. It roared. It went crazy to know that you were going to be spending eternity. And you know what hell did? Hell said, we don't like that. But guess what? God's going to be with you and everything that you do. And so we want to give you a tool to help you as you go throughout your walk called the next seven days. Essentially, it's going to go through the basics of faith, what it means, um, what, what following Jesus looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you want that resource, we are so glad and so happy to give that to you. All you have to do is DM us on Instagram at bridgeYTH underscore. All you got to do is DM us next seven and we will send you that free resource. Um, pro tip, if you listen to it on surround sound at your TV in, in your home, Corey would love that. Um, I'm just kidding. But um, honestly, if you want that resource, we want to help you as you start your walk with Jesus. One more time, can we make some noise for everybody who made that decision? Hey, a few more things. The first thing is that this is not the only time that we have church. We also meet on Sunday mornings as well. If you're part of a connect group, make some noise. Hey, all the other people who are not a part of a connect group, you see how amazing connect groups are, right? We have those at 11.30 every single Sunday, unless it's the last Sunday of the month. But come by this Sunday at 11.30 for connect groups. You'll be in a group with a bunch of people the same age, same gender as you. It's going to be awesome. Come by at 11.30 to be in connect groups. Also, tonight 
is a very special night because we have a thing that we had to call grad night. And that means that all of our seniors who are going to be graduating this year, we got a special dinner lined up just for y'all. And so right after service, all we ask is that you would uh, leave the room from these doors. And in the, uh, the room on your left, it's called M1. You don't got to worry about that. You'll see some streamers flowing out of there. We're going to be having a special dinner celebration just for all of the seniors and also for all of the high school connected leaders as well if y'all can also be inside of that room as well for grad night hey have you guys had a great night tonight hey it is not over because we're about to jump into another song so let's worship See you on